round episode 114 of Cowboys Right for Free, the podcast. I'm Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How's it going, man? JP, did you get a new mic? Uh, no, I didn't. I'm just holding it instead of having it set up next to my computer because I'm currently at my fiance's house waiting for our apartment to uh, actually start the lease. So I'm sitting at the edge of her bed holding my microphone, staring at my computer. Um, uh, you guys aren't like living at a wedlock, are you? couple of heathens right now no, is that what's happening no we are not by the way um but no but and by the time we move into our apartment it's like a week to the wedding so i'm pretty sure that that is just fine i'm pretty sure if i had tried to move in with my uh now wife a week before our wedding her father might have like shot me but you know well we're, we're in good shape for right now so it's fine we're okay just, yeah we're her dad just... doesn't listen to this podcast does he i don't want to get you in trouble no we're good we're good um <laughs> But no, so our, I had to move out of my house in Stillwater on the 27th, and our apartment doesn't open up until the 5th. So I have a week of nowhere to live, so crashing here for a couple of days, and then hopefully I can make it to Oklahoma City tomorrow for the regional, uh, for baseball, and trying to you know keep myself as occupied as I can. Couch surfing, man. I remember those days. Yep, so that, that's where I'm at right now. All right, so we're going to have to talk baseball, but that's... At the bottom of a very long list of we things. Have, we have a packed show. We have a packed show just like we did last week. I love that we are in the spring and we have stuff to talk about. We're not having to reach for too much. We're not talking depth chart crap for football. Or, Don't call this the offseason. This is not the offseason. Hashtag no offseason. Yes. That is not for Oklahoma State. Not for Oklahoma State. Spring sports are still in full force. And I, but the thing is, I love it. Like it's awesome. Like you, like I think you said on the last episode, most schools have packed it in by now, and they're getting ready for football. Oklahoma State still has, well, now two sports really still going and are still in the national spotlight. It's it's really cool to see. Yeah, don't for all of you who want look. I understand Mike Holder has his faults, but the next time you want to bash Mike Holder, remember what Oklahoma State sports are doing through the months of April. March, April, and May, really, and especially in April, May, when you have tennis and golf and softball and baseball all in the current state that they're in. Just we can gripe about certain things that we don't all agree with him on, but if you want to say he's a bad AD or bad for Oklahoma State, you're a moron. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. I saw a gif and I, that someone posted. I think it was Seth Duckworth over at PFB. It was. Then yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was Mike Holder walking into work after the – what the softball team goes to the women's college world series golf was up by a thousand strokes and stroke play in the NCAA tournament and baseball won the big 12 tournament. And it was Vince McMahon walking into the ring at some WWE event. And it was, he was, a, he was strutting. That was not walking. That was, that was full chested <laughs> arm swing and strut. And that's cartoonish. What, and that's what he should be. It should be doing walking into work nowadays right now with the way things Hell are going. Yes. Yeah, but let's go into softball real quick. So we didn't get to talk about them making the college world, Women's College World Series. We, we were hopeful that they were going to be able to make it out of that Florida State Regional. It was going to be really tough, but they managed to do it and got to game three and won two to one or three to two. Sorry. Uh, it was so fun. I jumped off my couch and lost my mind when uh, that throw went to first base with a final out to go to the Women's College World Series. And now they're in the College World Series. And if you're listening to this now, you know that Samantha Shaw destroyed two baseballs tonight to win. And now they are going to play the winner of Alabama OU, right? Uh, yeah, they'll be playing. I mean, at this point, everyone will know who won that game. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a very, I think, bold limb and say OU's probably going to, to win that game. 
Uh, oh, you're probably going to win the the World Series this year. Such a just hot bang. take. Such a hot take there, Phil. I know. I've got them. I'm just got them. I'm ready and pulled them right out of the oven. I don't even <laughs> use mitts. I'm just tossing these things, these hot takes. Get them while they're hot. Like yeah. that. No, that whole but that whole Florida State series was fantastic. Well, a couple of things. One, think about this. Oklahoma State is the only not top eight seed to make the women's college world series. Yeah. That's the only and upset. Every, out everyone of else favored and won. And I think the coolest part is that people are legitimately picking Oklahoma State to win the whole damn thing. And it's not even a courtesy of just, oh, they're the underdog. People legitimately think Oklahoma State can find a way to win the national championship. Well, it, it all goes down to, look, it, the team as a whole, and I don't want to overstate any one thing. Maddie Sue Montgomery is fantastic, but, but this is shout time. Oh, Plain and simple. God. I, and I don't, I don't mean my- to, to, to be to make that sound like the rest of the team doesn't matter. This team as a whole is really, really good. But it starts with Shao time on the mound, and it starts with those dingers. that you're, Have you ever seen, I think it was an old like uh, Looney Tunes cartoon. Um, somebody hits the ball so hard, it's like flying through the air, screaming, and just like slowly ripping apart until yeah. there's nothing but like a single piece of string left when it comes down. That's what happens every time Shao hits a home run. See, now, and then a- it's followed by a bat flip or what we saw last night, which was a bat tomahawk chop. Okay, so for, before we get into the, the bat tomahawk real quick, uh, if you've ever seen The Sandlot, Ripping the ball apart when you hit a home run's a bad omen. We we don't need that. I'm just saying. And I, I understand. I understand. But I'm also a very superstitious former baseball player, former very below average high school baseball player. So, <laughs> but no, the that tomahawk. I I had walked out of the room for a second, realized that Oklahoma State was coming back up, and I the minute I look at the TV, she hits that ball, and I'm like, oh please, just I don't even know where the home run went. Just keep the camera on her just to see what she was going to do. And I thought that thing was going to hit the freaking core of the earth. It was off. Is that her best bat flip tomahawk thing of the year? No. Um, or do you think the one, one of the Oregon early ones. Or do you think one, the one well, in Oregon one of the, was better? Yeah, because it was so early. It was such a, no one had, no one knew about them yet. And it was so just, it was the most middle finger casual, like, whatever. It was such a boss move then. Like, now it's cool. And I, the props to, I mean, we could talk about this kind of stuff all day. But that first one in Oregon, that one in Oregon was just really, just so, like, really nice high-end glass of bourbon smooth. Like, yes. that's how nice that was. Yeah, it, it's awesome. It, I. You know, we're we're going to get into a discussion here in a second, but I'm going to lead in with this. You know, of all, if I were to pick an Oklahoma State Athlete of the Year across all sports, Samantha Shaw wins it for me, head and shoulders above anyone else. This doesn't take away from any other sport and anyone else and what they've accomplished at Oklahoma State this year. Samantha Shaw should be your Oklahoma State Athlete of the Year. Yeah, um... So I think it was, and I'm going to shout out to Cal Boone from PFB because he made a point that I I really want to run with for a minute. And has there ever been, because this is Shao's only season, she transferred in from A&M, and this is her one year at Oklahoma State. Has there ever been a better one-off season for an athlete at Oklahoma State than this outside of Barry Sanders' one season as a starter? Is Barry... There's this, and I'm, I'm, I mean, really, if, if if you haven't paid attention to what's been going on all, all season, you're just getting seeing what's happening now in the postseason. She's been doing this all 
year long. So this is why I keep saying like this whole team is the reason they're here, but she's the reason this, this team has been able to reach the heights it's been reaching. So Barry is there on that, that Mount Rushmore of Oklahoma state single seasons. Shao is right there next to him. And I don't know that I, I mean, I, we could dig for some more, but she's right there with him. I, I think she's on that Mount Rushmore. Just like you said, I, when you first said it, I went, Oh, there's no, and I tried naming off a couple, but single season. I think this is up there, and I have her, her stats pulled up here because she pitches and hits, which I think is awesome in softball that there are people that can do that. You just don't – like Shohei Otani is the only dude in baseball that does that right now for just for some perspective, and he's the only guy that's really done it. There's a reason why they called him the Japanese Babe Ruth. But to go back to Samantha Shaw real quick, they don't have her stats updated here from the game tonight, but she's played in 60 games. Her, set, her batting average shows 333 here. After her two is tonight, probably right around 335, 336, which is really, really good. Would be second on the team behind Cheyenne Factor and Maddie Sue Montgomery. Now, 20 home runs, 56 RBIs. She has an OPS, which is on-base percentage plus slugging percentage, north of 1,100, almost 1,200 at the plate. So, And she's been doing this behind Riley Bayless all season long. And then in the circle, 2.37 ERA, 19 complete games, 111 strikeouts, nearly 200 innings. I mean, she's done it all, and she's been the catalyst for this team, the spark plug for them the whole year. And you just see how much the rest of the team feeds off it. Riley Bayless, Maddie Sue Montgomery, Taylor Lynch, Cheyenne Factor, uh, Michaela Richburg. You can go on and on and on. She is the reason. I think she she is probably the reason this team is where they are right now. I, look, again, this is a really good team, and I think this team would have reached the postseason without shout. I think they probably would have hosted a regional, and they, and they very well could have won the regional. I don't know that they would be where they are right now without her. And again, that's not to, to downplay the rest of the team in any way, shape, or form, but I think she's been that impactful. That's like saying, you know, going and talking, like we said, Barry, uh, on that Heisman-winning season. It's not a knock on the rest of the team, but that that just tells you how good he was in that year. That's what she is this year. Now, I want to ask you a second big think about this for a second point. Let's assume OU wins tonight because I'm gonna. Does that set up the biggest Bedlam match ever? Oklahoma State and Oklahoma have big ones in football, but they don't ever meet in the postseason. They haven't met in a Big 12 tournament. Um, OU and OSU in basketball, as far as I know, have never met in the NCAA tournament or in baseball. You would have in the Women's College World Series a Bedlam matchup in Oklahoma City. Has there ever been... A just a bigger, more impactful Bedlam game. I don't think so. I think this because is it. I understand Bedlam and you win Bedlam in football and you could win the Big 12, and that's big. But you beat OU tomorrow, to, tonight. You're one win away from the Women's College World Series final. Yeah. I think, I I think, think this might right. be one of... I mean, that and that just tells you how crazy it looks. Now I don't. I think OU is going to probably win. I'm sorry if they don't. This is one of those situations where I'm either going to be right and sad or wrong and super happy. And you can yeah. tell me I'm wrong all day. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I'll admit it if they win. But this is a huge, huge bedlam game. I'm oh, not. No. And think about the atmosphere at that stadium in Oklahoma City. OU and OSU. OU fans show up for this. Oklahoma State fans are going to show up for this. Like it's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's going to be insane. Yeah, 
It's going to be awesome. And my God, if I'm going to try and get there, I I don't know what I'll have to do. I don't know how much money I'm going to have to pay, but my God, I'm going to try and get to that stadium. Oh yeah. Like, like that's one of those things you're like, Hey, baseball, look, really love you guys. You're awesome. Keep up the good work. I got to go watch softball tonight. Like, sorry. Like I, I just like, we gotta, like you just, you, you have to, and it's nothing against Oklahoma state baseball. I think they can beat Harvard no what, no matter what we'll talk about that. But that game is monstrous. Yes. And I'm so like, I am so excited to watch it. <laughs> my wife's be like, why are we watching softball again? Even though my wife likes softball, she's played softball, but she's like, why are you watching this? Like, Shh. We're watching this whole thing. So th- this is my last point before we move on. Just because, just because I need a good chuckle. Um, I think it was uh, Micah said it in our Slack chat the other day. Could you imagine if Vanessa Shippey was on this team? <sighs> If you still had Shippy and show, okay, then I would pick OSU to win it all. Yeah. Like, I if think you still had Shippy on this roster, I would pick Oklahoma State to win it all because this, if you had, oh my God. This is not to play what ifs and what could be and all that, but if Vanessa Shippy was on this team, arguably one of the greatest players to ever come through Oklahoma State was still here, had one more year of eligibility, this team could win the title. And I think this still team still can win the title. I, I would feel way more confident if she was on this freaking team, man. If but she was on, oh, God, don't, do, don't, do, don't do that. Look, I, she is up there. Um, I, I think Shao is going to make uh, make a lot of fans not realize how big Maddie Sue Montgomery has been in her four years in Stillwater, how impactful she has been for the program. Like, I think she, I don't even remember how many records I think I've read that she set. All of them. Like, Just she about. Is, she has been huge. Because she she was in Gajewski's first class. Yes, she's been there for four years. Her and Taylor Lynch. Her and Taylor Lynch. Yeah, um, they have been huge for this program. It's just this is a big year. Like I think this program is moving in the right direction. Don't expect this to become a, a normal thing starting next year. I think they're going to take a dip, and then they can build up to reaching that kind of every year being this level of good. So enjoy this year. It's it's like anything. Else. It's like remember the first time the Thunder made the NBA playoffs Yeah, and they were the eight seed. They played the Lakers. They went to six games and it was just so much fun. And people were talking about Oklahoma city because they were such a fun environment. There's like going to college and they weren't even supposed to win any games. They weren't even, like, that is what this feels like. Now I don't want to talk about what happens later with Harden and blah, 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 blah. Let's, let's not Point get into is, that. This has that feel that, First year, Oklahoma City went to the playoffs. Of there's so much potential for this program because of what's happening right now, and I'm pumped for it. Yeah. So I just wanted to get one more point in here real quick before I was just looking at the stats and the name popped up to me, and I think I, I mentioned it when you said Maddie Sue Montgomery, but Taylor Lynch has played this entire season on a torn ACL. Oh yeah. I stub my freaking toe when I'm down for the night. I can't imagine running on a torn ACL all season long. Now she hasn't played the field a whole lot. She's been the designated player most of the year, but still, I mean, you gotta think about the amount of guts and gall that that takes to play on a busted knee because she knew what this team was going to do. She said it at the beginning of the year, this team's going to be in Oklahoma city. And she was right. So, she was. so I mean, you credit where credit is due. And I think that's awesome. And I think our goal once this season ends is to, we need to get some of these girls on the podcast and talk about this with them. This need that yes. needs to happen. I don't know how we, we figure it out, get it done. We, we, we will get it done. And 
we we promise you know to our to our listeners we will have somebody all five from, of you. yeah all all five of you that and that, I don't even think that's generous but uh all we will have somebody from this softball team on the podcast once the season is over because we need to give them as much love as we possibly can because man this has been fun to follow the last couple months man it's been awesome you know, I know we have a lot to talk about, but somehow we're just talking about softball. Um, Worth it. Props to whoever is running the Oklahoma State softball's Twitter account. Yes. Good. Whoever is handling their social media, whoever's handling the videos for them, whoever's handling their Twitter account, the bat flip videos, the stuff that's being cut, the cleverness, the the creativity. I mean, uh, somebody, oh, I think it was somebody said it to me on Twitter and I'm going to think it was Brian Metcalf and I may be wrong and I'll have to scroll back and look, but somebody made this basically made the point of, okay. Uh, Blake goes by at coach Huddleston. Uh, this off social media person should handle the football account during the season. And, um, I don't know if Gundy would be cool with that, but good grief, make it happen. Whoever is running the Oklahoma state Twitter account for softball, bravo, all the props. I hope you're listening. Pat on the back. You have been so damn good. And I wish you would do some stuff for football next season because I think it would only make Oklahoma State football that much more fun as well. Yeah. And I, okay. So I just pulled up Twitter real quick while you were talking. Not that I wasn't listening because I was, but it, uh-huh. but it's a, a spliced video. One side is Shao's rise ball and then her drop ball back like next to each other. Like that video was put together very, very impressively. Like you said, just shout out to who I'll send this to you real quick because this was awesome. And I love stuff like that. Like if you're a baseball fan, follow the pitching ninja because he posts videos like this all the time and it's awesome. And so if you love stuff like that, just check it out because it's, it's really, really good. Like you said, whoever's running the, the softball Twitter account has been great. All right, we've got some some names to shout out. One of them is uh, is Courtney Bay, who I follow on Twitter. She is a creative director there at OSU. Uh, huge props to her. Uh, one of them is Andrew Bay, who's a producer for OSU Studios. Huge props for him. Uh, I think that's actually the husband and wife combo. There we go. Uh-huh. Nice job. Um, like both of them, awesome work. And everybody else who helps with softball, like. If we could put an applause sound in here, Joe, I'm going to let you handle some sound effects here. Just, just a, a, a just nice roar, of a golf, golf applause, nice golf applause. I'm going to use that to help segue to our next one. Yeah, there we go. So now let's let's get into some some cowboy golf here. As bittersweet as it can be, uh, after the weekend, uh, dominating stroke play, winning by 31 strokes, uh, Cowboys fell in semifinals to Texas. Uh, in match play, Stan- they went on to play Stanford. Stanford ended up being the eventual national champion. Uh, Philip, I will let you take the lead on this one so that I don't just sound as ignorant as I possibly can, just wanting to say match play is freaking stupid, because uh, it is. But I will let you try and explain it a little bit further uh, to make me you know, not sound as dumb. All right, so I wrote about um, the whole match play thing afterwards, and my you can find the article on Cowboys Ride for free. And the main point is that match play is good for college golf, but bad for Oklahoma State. Uh, OSU, this is the, I have to go back and look at This is basically the third time that OSU finished stroke play in first place and then didn't win the national championship, did not win the title since match play started. Um, here's the thing I understand why people don't like match play. 
it does feel a lot like um, playing the NBA playoffs and then getting to the finals and playing a game of horse. Uh, it feels like getting to the Super Bowl and playing a game of uh, seven on seven touch. It's just not, it doesn't make sense. But I'll tell you right now, no one was watching. I don't think they put the NCAA golf championship on TV at all until match play started. People just, this is so much better TV. It's so much more engaging. And, and the thing about this, we were all glued to match play. It was exciting. It was intense. It was emotional. It was heart-wrenching. It's everything we want in sports on TV. Stroke play, once they got up big, no, not OSU did fans, didn't. Didn't, unless you were there, you may have checked it on Twitter. You weren't watching. I mean, it wasn't on TV, but w- it wouldn't have been. And it wouldn't have been good TV. It wouldn't have been good drama. It's just that's how you're going to have to grow this sport because you're not going to grow it with golf fans. Some golf fans will watch, but you're going to grow it with college sports fans. Um, and not all college sports fans are golf fans. And stroke play is not, not as intense. It's just not. It's not. I understand it stinks. I understand why people don't like it. And I understand the point that it doesn't crown the best team. Match play's point is not to make the best team win. It's just not. That's not what it's for. It's for crowning a champion. The same way that March Madness does not guarantee that the best team is going to win. It's going to be the most fun way to watch it, though. I wouldn't change I wouldn't change that for for a minute. But you can't tell me that March Madness necessarily makes the best team win every year at all. Uh, some years they might, and some years they don't. In fact, the the people are going to hate this. The college football playoff, as much as we don't like the format and want it to go to six teams and want it to go to eight teams because we're tired of the same teams winning every year, we're tired of seeing Bama and Clemson. Well, Bama and Clemson are the two best teams and have been for a little while. And the best team wins every year. In fact, had they not gone to the four team playoff, Bama wouldn't have even made it into the playoff in a few years. And who was the best team? And they wouldn't have won a title. Right. So if you're mad because the best team didn't win, I agree. Oklahoma State was the best team by a mile, and match play is the great equalizer and completely neutralized that. It is. That's what it that's what it does. It makes things even, more even, to make the game more interesting to watch. So from that standpoint, oh, I'm so sick and tired of match play because I Oklahoma State should have more national championships than they do. But hell, it's a good TV to watch. It is good sports on TV. It oh, really sure. stinking is. Yeah, it's it's great much must-watch TV. I hate the fact that, and this, this is the only time that you really ever see match play at all during the golf season. And this is it, right? Um, what are, in, So the Big 12, this was the first year adopted a Big 12 match play tournament, and I okay. really wish they put that on TV because it would be awesome. The Big 12 added a match play tournament in the middle of the season. I think Kansas actually, well, Kansas, not Oklahoma State, it doesn't really matter. Um, they have added that to the schedule every year, and I wish that was on TV. Why Golf Channel or ESPN Plus, you've got this ESPN Plus deal, get it on TV because I swear I will sit in the middle of October and on a Monday through Wednesday and watch college golf match play just because it's so much fun to watch and so engaging. Um, other other conferences have done their own sort of edition, but it's how we determine the, um, and I'm so bad with, with the professional stuff, but when the U.S. and Europe play. Oh, the Ryder Cup. Play. Ryder Cup. So that's how you determine the Ryder Cup. Is the Ryder Cup not, not, not a ton of fun to watch? Yeah, I mean it is okay. for sure. I mean it like, and I will not try and argue that it's not entertaining TV because it sure as hell is. I just hate that it show because I mean, my God, Oklahoma State dominated the crap out of that course after day one, and even though they were they were two over and they were up by quite a bit, 
and then they just went on a tear and ended up winning by 31 strokes. I hate that that is going to be lost in, you know, in all of this. I feel like it will be at least. Well, it's because this is one of the best college golf teams to ever play. Exactly. This is one of the best. This and they, they were knocking on the door of being one of the best teams to ever like grace the sport in college. Yeah. And now it's and, over because uh, of match play. Yeah. Then I get it, and, and and that 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 sucks. It does. Like, trust me, it's and it sucks because it's, it's it's something the Oklahoma State's actually good at, and they get screwed. <laughs> Man, it. I get it. I really, really do. Um, but it's good for the sport. Now, if you want to know something that's more egregious than match play, here's one for you. Do you know where the uh, national championships gonna be played next year? No, I don't actually. Same place is gonna be played for the next three friggin' years at Arizona State's course. Okay. So instead of getting it moving around year to year like it normally does, well, you're going to sit it in Arizona for three years in a row in May. Great. It's not July's heat. And I understand the reasoning behind it is apparently to help with logistics so that things are easier. Blah, 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 blah. Are you freaking kidding me? Did you not pay attention to the crowd that was in Stillwater when Oklahoma State was good? Did you not pay attention to the crowd in Fayetteville when Oklahoma State fans were able to get there? Look, I know there would have been even a better crowd had Arkansas made it, but that's what you get. Arkansas is good some years and not. You're putting it in Arizona State. Now, I understand Arizona State was the number two team this year, and they're really good, but Oklahoma fans traveled. This last weekend, Oklahoma fans traveled to Stillwater to watch OU play. Like you're putting it, and I understand that Arizona State fans will probably be there, um, especially if they're good. And I understand that other Pac-12 teams will be there. But what are you doing? Like, why are you going there for three years in a row? That's stupid. That's so. And you know this is, it's purely. This is going to be purely for money. This is going to be one of those things where the Golf Channel told them we we're trying to move around yeah, every year. Money, money, don't want to spend the money. Put it in one spot, and somehow Arizona State got that. Like you'd have been better off sticking in Stillwater for three years in a row. Yeah, my sure. holder might not like that, but you do it. You just do it. Arizona State three years in a row. I promise you. Again, they don't really care that much about how many how, how many fans are there because it's purely for TV. But as I will remind them, the drama is much more exciting when there are fans there. There will be fans there, but not like there were. Kind of like if you watch that Texas-Stanford title match that Stanford won. Did you see how many fans were actually there for Texas I, first? I had no interest in watching. It, uh, it, it was definitely not what the fans were for Texas-Oklahoma State. I'll tell you that. It was definitely nowhere near what it was in Stillwater when Oklahoma State beat Alabama. Yeah. It just wasn't. And it it does affect the product on TV when there's not a lot of people there. Right. So if this is what they want to do, that's fine. I think it's stupid. I think it's bullshit. Uh, I'm also pissed because there's no way I'm going to be going out to Arizona, Arizona I'm not going to every year. I might go once in three years. I have friends who live in Phoenix. It's not like the worst thing in the world, but yeah, screw that shit, NCAA. Pull your heads out of your ass. Yeah, because, you know, it's not about money. It's all about money, right? Oh, I, we'll, when we get to baseball, we're going to have a fun chat. Basically, like, don't don't talk to me about amateurism when everything is done just to base off the bottom dollar. Don't, don't do that crap to me. All right, before we get into that, let's uh, hear from our sponsors real quick, and we'll get into some Oklahoma State baseball who won the Big 12 tournament and are now hosting a regional about an hour from Stillwater starting, uh, well, now today, technically, when this comes out. So we'll be right back. All right, Philip, let's get into some Cowboy baseball. So we talked about it uh, a little bit before 
uh, the tournament actually started. We weren't quite sure. I think we, we neither of us picked Oklahoma State to even make it to the semifinals of this tournament. No. And they decided to say, screw you guys. We're going to go and win the whole damn thing. And they did. <laughs> good. Hey, good on them. I mean, they, they obviously they didn't go undefeated. They lost TCU in their semifinal match, but then bounced back, beat them in the morning, and then turned right around and dominated West Virginia in the afternoon to win the Big 12 tournament and are now hosting a regional, unfortunately not in Stillwater. All the rain has been terrible here, and Alley P is pretty much underwater. It's a lake in center field. Uh, So it's going to be at Chickasaw Breakdown Ballpark just like it was for the Big 12 tournament. So if you're in the area, it's pretty easy to get there if you're right from the city. Get to the ballpark, cheer on Oklahoma State, because it'll be there for the weekend. Okay, so you want to hear some fun stuff? Of course. Um, have you? I assume we've all seen the theory that Oklahoma State was given the nine seed over a top eight, even though everyone thought they should have been a top eight. They should uh, because the game was moved to Oklahoma City. So I, uh, on my ten twelve podcast, I had Ben Upton, who uh, from eleven point seven podcast, they they're a college baseball podcast. It's really fun. Um, so I had him on my show, which goes up today, or is up today, being Friday. Uh, and I and I asked him, I was like, what is your thought on this this conspiracy theory that OSU was not given a top seed because of this? And he goes, and his answer was 1,000%. That is exactly what happened. So what I learned was that teams actually have to basically apply to be a regional host. Everyone applies. If you think you're going to have the resume worth getting that opportunity, you have to apply for it. And Oklahoma State probably applied to do it in Stillwater earlier, you know, a few weeks ago um, and was approved. And then once they found out about the rain continuing to come and, and asked to move it to Oklahoma City, um, basically the NCAA, okay, but we're not going to give you a top eight because here's your problem. Uh, they figured out all the financial split. But if Oklahoma State were to host a super, so let's say Oklahoma State was the seven seed, um, that means if they won their regional, they're going to host a super. And if you're setting those up, you have to assume that the top seed is going to host their super. You just do. Yeah. Um, course oklahoma city dodgers would be playing in oklahoma city that next weekend OSU could not host a super regional in oklahoma city they would have to go and talk to the tulsa drillers and see if they could use their stadium or find another option and the drillers are at um, home next weekend as well are they yes okay so i thought they weren't but that's fine so if the tulsa drillers are at home oklahoma city dodgers are home where does osu host you hosted in Norman. You hosted in in Tulsa at ORU. They don't they don't have an an easy answer. And if you're the NCAA, you're just like, yeah, we're gonna be a nine seed. We're just not gonna deal with that logistical nightmare. Uh, we're gonna give you the nine seed, and you're just gonna have to go to Lubbock. Um, which is the other interesting thing I want to point out is, I was talking to him. I said there's a lot of potential super regional interconference matchups. There's five. There are five regionals that would meet in the super where the one seed is from the same conference. Five of them. One Pac-12, two SEC, one Big 12, one ACC. It's nuts. And I was like, what the heck? That doesn't, why would you do that? Um, and what Ben basically said was um, they told everybody like at the end of the season that they were basically going to be kind of leaning toward doing this. And he thinks they've been thinking about it all season long. But basically it's for money. It's to guarantee that you... If that's what happens, because 61% of people of teams who host a regional make the super, um, that you're a better chance of guaranteeing you're going to have three SEC teams, a Pac-12, a Big 12, and 
an ACC team in the College World Series, which means more people want to watch it. That's better nationally. It also means that you're going to get more people to actually go to the Supers because they're in a closer proximity than, say, Stanford having to go all the way to Vanderbilt or Louisville having to go all the way to uh, Washington or things of that nature for Super Regionals. So everyone gets to play people they're already aware of which is great for the home teams and sucks for the road teams. And the NCAA don't give a shit. So OSU got doubly screwed by the NCAA in baseball. So, ta-da! Fantastic. And another round of applause for the NCAA. And I hopefully know how to add that in because it would be perfect comedic timing at that point. But yeah. Yay, amateurism! Now, are you more upset that they got screwed out of the top eight or that they have to go and play Tech, who swept them and freaking boat raced them in a series well, earlier this year. Because what my, bugs me about that is your seven seed is Louisville and your ten seed is East Carolina, who are in closer proximity to each other for a super regional, which, again, proximity. You could have flipped Tech and Louisville and given us OSU Louisville and Texas Tech East Carolina. I understand it doesn't ticket sales. Um, I mean, for the record, I pay a lot of money for OSU Louisville. I'm sorry. Like, do you think Oklahoma State fan like at Louisville? Heck yeah. Like, I would rather see Oklahoma State at Louisville. Also, I would pick Oklahoma State over Louisville. That's probably a terrible pick, but I would. Um, Louisville's been up pick. and down this year. I think Oklahoma State would find a way. I think I don't think they'd be sweep it, but I think in three games, I think they'd Louisville has the potential to be really, really like Louisville has the potential and the talent to win it all. For sure, they also have the inconsistencies to lose their own regional. Hey, that sounds familiar. Yeah, um, but don't count out. Don't count Oklahoma State. The best thing would happen, and this is not a shot at Texas Tech in any way, shape, or form. They have a really hard regional. Dallas Baptist they is their do. two. Florida is their three, and I know Florida's not very good this year, but they still have a super ton of talent um, who has played all season and been getting better. And then you have Army, who's a sneaky good four seed. If there is any justice in the sports gods and they enjoy looking down upon the NCAA and just taking giant shits on them, they will make Texas Tech lose their regional and have Oklahoma State win theirs and force the, oh, the NCAA to deal with the logistical nightmare of where do you put Oklahoma State for their regional. And it would make, you know what would be super funny? I hope that happens, and I hope they just play it at Stillwater High School. <laughs> hey, Matt Holiday put a ton of money into that facility. It's not bad. Yeah, there you go. Do it. Do sure. it. Make it happen. <laughs> Inject that in my veins, please. Oh, just watching the NCAA just tear their own hair out going, where did we put our cameras? I love it. I love it. So let's go into the regional a little bit. Uh, or do we want to talk about the 12 tournament real quick? I mean, like, no, I'm not editing that out. That was fantastic. That's that's fantastic radio. That's like Mike Francesa types of just, oh, God, perfect. Oh, that's that was mean. <laughs> <laughs> You ever, you ever follow the Twitter account that just is it the Funhouse or whatever? That just, yeah, just, shits on just makes Francesca. so many jokes about the fact that he is such an ignorant asshat now. Like I get he used to be really good. Now he just says whatever. He's literally the the Donald Trump of sports radio, and I'm gonna say it. Just says whatever nonsense comes into his mind. Hey, hey, I, n- I never said that. I, I never said that. <laughs> we have it on tape. We have it on tape. It's right here. This is, this is, this is, okay, anyways. Um, that, that, was a, that was terrible, and I, I'm sure people just turned it off right here, but it's fine. 
Like, when, at, at what point in all this hour and a half long rambling are they actually going to get to any points in this podcast? I feel like we got to a couple at least. All right, anyways, like a, a couple in an hour and a half is really break shitty. Down this, break down this regional. Break it down. Break it down. Okay, so I think you mentioned it, and I think it's going to be on the 10-12, but you know, Oklahoma State's got uh, UConn uh, at the 2, Nebraska at the 3, and then Harvard at the 4, and essentially... UConn and Nebraska are two seeds. They should be, but uh, UConn got or uh, Nebraska got lumped into the regional. And they're essentially a, a low two seed. Is is that how you described it? Uh, yeah, that's that's the conversation I had with Ben. Was basically that OSU got stuck with two two seeds. Two now there are two like lower two seeds. Uh, Nebraska. Most people project Nebraska to be in a, a lower two seed. Um, and obviously UConn is. I, mean, I don't know how UConn is a two seed. I don't understand from looking at their record and their conference yeah, stuff. Like I don't. I don't understand how they're a two. Like to me, Nebraska should have been a two, and UConn would be a three. Now that that wouldn't really have changed much matchup wise in in there. But I don't understand how UConn is a is a two, and Nebraska seems like they're much better. That I don't know. But I don't. I don't understand baseball RPI all that much or any of that stuff. So I just tell do what D one baseball tells me to do. Yeah, so looking at the, I, I wrote a piece that went up on Thursday uh, for Cowboys Drive Free, kind of breaking down just a couple, you know, just basic things about each team, a couple guys to look out for, so I'll try and go through this as quickly as I can, but UConn, they finished 20, 36 and 23 and went 500 in the American Athletic Conference, which isn't really known for being that great at baseball. East Carolina has been awesome this year, and they are more than deserving of regional hosts and all that good stuff, but really no one else in the conference was really that great. Wichita State, every once in a while, you know, will kind of, you know, pop up. But, you know, this team has been really up and down. You know, they won six of their last eight. They got to the conference championship, uh, but they went one and four against ranked opponents. They didn't play too many this year, and they got swept by East Carolina when they got to play them in conference. So they're a team that's really good bat to ball. They don't hit a ton of home runs, which it's kind of funny looking at some of these teams, uh, especially Nebraska and UConn. Now, a lot of that is they play a lot of their baseball in the cold months of the year, you know, in January, you know, in February and March when it's still cold in the region where they play. So it's really hard to hit a home run at that time. Uh, Both of them, both Nebraska and UConn, uh, their leading home run guy had six. Trevor Boone hit 19 just for some perspective on that. <laughs> so you're going to see a lot of just kind of slap singles and a lot of just good old school bat to ball skills, which is kind of a lost art in baseball nowadays at some time. Uh, Got to watch out for on the, in the lineup, Michael Woodworth for UConn uh, slashing 319, 414, 438, which is batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage, easily their best hitter, uh, five home runs, 36 RBIs also led the team tied for the team lead in stolen bases as well. So he's a pretty good threat. Um, Jacob Wallace is their pitcher that I really was intrigued by when I looked at him. I was actually able to find film on him as well. He is their closer, has 15 saves on the year, an ERA north, south of 1.73, 56 uh, strikeouts in 37 innings, fastball that sits in the mid-90s, really good slur, really good slider. Uh, if Oklahoma State's down if playing them, I'm going to be really concerned. He's probably their best pitcher. Uh, their starters weren't that great, but when they get to the back end of the bullpen, this guy's nails. Uh, Nebraska, they finished fourth in the Big Ten, 31-22, and 15-9 in conference. They had a lot of games canceled. They had like six or seven games in a row that got canceled looking at their schedule. So they didn't play a ton. And once again, play in a conference where it's really cold in the middle of the season, you know, at the beginning of the season into the middle of the year. Uh, so it's kind of tough hitting-wise. Uh, they only hit 256 as a team. Not a, not a great hitting team. Uh, 
you know, they only, they only had one guy that hit over 300, and that's Aaron uh, Polensky hit 324. Uh, but really, Nebraska doesn't concern me a lot. Um, I think UConn would probably give Oklahoma State a little bit better run than Nebraska would. Uh, but I think still think Nebraska is a pretty good team. They had a solid pitching staff this year, so they will be interesting to watch. I will say Harvard does worry me a little bit in that first game. And I think you mentioned, uh, I think off air, that Ben uh, Ben Watson said that if Harvard's going to win, they're going to win game one. Um, that's probably their best opportunity to win, and I could see why. Um, they're a pretty solid team, but what's interesting is they only played they played 43 games this year. Oklahoma State's played north of 60, so it's a lot smaller sample when you're looking at the stats and what's actually there and available uh, for what Harvard has done. But they won the Ivy League. They're a solid team overall. Uh, Patrick McCall is the dude that really shocked me when I was looking at what when I was looking for stats and players to watch. This dude hit 400 and played in every game during the season. Like, that's with an OPS, which is on baseball slugging percentage, of almost 1,200. I don't foresee Oklahoma State pitching to him very much in that first game. Like, they won't give any, him anything to hit. I want them to give him kind of like how Oklahoma State treated Adley Rutschman. Like, don't give him much to hit, and I think Oklahoma State will be fine. I, they're, they're, I think they have, like, one pitcher that's okay, but for the most part, they don't concern me, but I also think they could be sneaky enough and find a way to beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I feel this is the most confident I've felt in a while that Oklahoma State should win their I agree. regional, no. or win the regional they're in. Um, UConn, I don't know. Like, I'm not a baseball guy, but I look at all the stuff that I can look at and understand, and I'm just like, UConn doesn't scare me. Uh, Nebraska was getting – I mean, they, they made it all the way to the Big Ten title game. I think they're hot right now, which is so hot. Um, kind of Kind of worrisome just because Oklahoma State is as well. Um, and Harvard, like, it's like, it's like they said, that first game is their best chance to win. You beat them in the first game, they're done. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm more afraid of those U of N Nebraska uniforms that they're going to wear probably, um, than I am of, of OSU losing, not winning this regional. You know, I think there's a, I think this is Oklahoma State. I think they got a great draw. And what I said, like, I tried to find some positive stuff about UConn and Nebraska and Harvard because they're solid teams. Obviously, they're one of the final 64 to make it into the NCAA tournament. But I think Oklahoma State did get a really good draw as opposed to Texas Tech, who got a brutal one, even they're hosting their regional. I think Oklahoma State has a really good chance of making it to the Super Regionals, even with this draw of UConn, Nebraska, Harvard. I think this is Oklahoma State has a great chance to even sweep out of this thing 3-0. and It wouldn't surprise me if they did that either. I mean, the way that this team feels healthy, they're hitting like crazy, um, and the pitching is the best it's been all season right yes, now. Absolutely. Like the, the bullpen has been fantastic. It, if that Now, that was the month of May. This stuff shifts really quickly. Um but if it continues to trend the way it's been going, OSU should win the regional. And I, I'll say this, because I don't love the fact that they had to go to Texas Tech who swept them. And OSU and Texas Tech didn't face off in the Big 12 tournament. But this is not the same Oklahoma State team that went to Lubbock and got swept last time. At all. Uh, yeah. The pitching is better. The, the hitting is better. Everything about this team is better. There's still some inconsistencies as far as, as, far as defense goes, I think. Um, but I do think if they can, if they had to, I mean, I'm just going to root for Dallas Baptist and then hope that they're playing in, you know, yeah, some I, random 
oh maybe an ORU stadium just for fun. But I will I won't feel as nervous as I did now as I did when they got swept last time. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go kind of not this isn't bold, but I really think Florida is gonna come out of that regional at Texas Tech. They're a team that's hot at the right time. Uh, they really struggled beginning of the year, but a lot of that was from a pitching perspective. They lost their two best guys in Brady Singer and Jackson Coar, who both got drafted by the Kansas City Royals, and I follow them pretty closely uh, over my other site. So I can understand why they maybe struggled because they were trying to find those guys to pitch and fill in for them. But they're a team that, like I said, they're hot at the right time. I watched them a couple weeks ago at Missouri, and they were just dominant uh, playing them. They're a team that, I mean, you can never count them out. They're always a team that's, you know, in there in regionals and supers and possibly going to the College World Series nearly every year. They're well-coached. They're well-disciplined. They're one of the best teams in the country consistently. And they're a three-seed this year, which is pretty rare for them. Normally, they're hosting a regional in Gainesville. And I think they're going to play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because they're having to go somewhere else to play their regional. And I feel like they might – I feel like they're going to come out on top. I think they're going to play Texas Tech and probably beat them twice. It is bold. I think I think it's bold I, to a certain extent, but I mean, like I said, Florida's one of the best teams in the country, so it's not like it's necessarily a hot take. I think they're going to end up in the super regional. I mean, they're most talented. I just I think I think Texas Tech's really good. Oh, Texas Tech um, is very very good. They are they are like, an awesome team. That meeting up as the eight seed was kind of silly. Like they should have been like, but most of the reason like Georgia Tech is the three. What was that about? Like that was so high. Oregon State is the sixteen. Like I don't. Ole Miss was over. Or yeah, Ole Miss was it did it was all set up for financial gain for the NCAA. It wasn't actually, I think, seeded all that properly. Yeah, but whatever. Um, no, if you want to know who's in trouble, West there's no way West Virginia comes out of the regional. I'm sorry. I forgot I, I was telling Oklahoma State. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. I cannot for the life West, of me think about West Virginia has they have Texas A and M as their two, Duke is their three, and Fordham is their four. Yeah, that's gonna be really tough. That is going like, to be a very, very tough. Also, as Ben was explaining to me, like if you want to pick a Ford seed who could actually maybe get out of the regional, Fordham? it's actually Fordham. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. So think about this about a month ago when Oklahoma State, or earlier this month when Oklahoma State went and played Oregon State and swept them. I couldn't have imagined a scenario where Oklahoma State had the better seed going into regionals than Oregon State. Oregon State's now the 16. They were one of the top five teams in the country. They were, I think they were number three in the country when Oklahoma State played them. And now they're the 16. I think that just, uh, I think that series catapulted Oklahoma State in ways that I didn't even think was going to happen. I mean, you swept them. That, that, yeah. that, what that did for Oklahoma State's RPI, and I think for their confidence after oh, sure. what had happened at Texas Tech to get that win two of three against OU and then win when you're next to it. I mean, it's, it was huge for, sure. for them. Yeah. And I, I yeah. just didn't think that Oklahoma state would end up with the better seed in regionals than what Oregon state had, but that's neither here nor there. It's also- I kind of followed them a little bit after that series and Oregon state. I mean, they're so good, but they weren't quite what they were last year when they won the title. They, they, I mean, they, 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 I mean, they, they lost their best pitcher. Yeah. They lost their best pitcher in Kevin Abel, which really has not helped at all. But, I mean, when you have Adley Rutschman in the front of your lineup, and I think I've talked about him on this podcast before, in case you didn't know, also the the Major League Baseball draft is on Monday, and he's going to go number one to the Baltimore Orioles. He's been the best player in college baseball all season, bar none. And for Oklahoma State to be able to shut him down the way they did, you know, 
it's really, really impressive what Oklahoma State was able to do in that series. And I know that happened a few weeks ago, but to me, it's still amazing. So we both think OSU gets out, right? I think OSU gets out. Um, I think it'll be close. I don't think they'll sweep. I I said I think there's a chance they go three and zero, but I'm not counting on it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I could see, I could see two and zero, and then um, either against UConn or Nebraska, having to win, yep. win that second game to to advance. I agree. Kind of like what they did to do with the big uh, the Big Twelve tournament. You win game one and two, lose that third game, and then win game four, and 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 move on to supers. Yep, I think that's the case, and like I said, I think they'll end up playing Florida in that super, and that would be a lot of fun. Oklahoma State, Florida to go to the College World Series. Now, I will be nervous as all get out, but if Oklahoma State can beat Florida to go to the College World Series, that's another huge step for this program. And I know Florida's a three, whatever. They're one of the best teams in the country, truly. Well, they're one of the best programs in the country. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So that would be a lot of fun. All right. I think we've uh, successfully rambled on enough on this episode. Uh, do you have any final yeah. thoughts? Um, man, recruiting season is crazy. Um, for those who, who didn't notice, Curtis Jones is transferring. So Boynton's got two scholarships still to go. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk about Cade Cunningham, who a uh, five-star kid. He's a one and done. I don't want to spend too much time on this. He's a one and done. He's the kind of kid who can come in, be awesome for a season, change the trajectory of program, and he's going to go be a first round pick in the NBA draft. Um, there are he released his top ten. Oklahoma State's in it, along with the usual suspects: your Kentucky, your Texas, your Duke, your Virginia, uh, your North Carolina. But there are some people at twenty four seven, some some staff there who are generally very reliable, who seem to think Oklahoma seat is cur- Oklahoma state's currently in the driver's seat. I am going to stay sure. cautiously optimistic. I mean, landing Cunningham would be massive. It'd be monumental. I mean, yeah, huge. Sure. Uh, he played for one season and he'd be a starter like that. He is yeah. one of those kids who, um, I'm sorry, dizzy. I know this is your last year. Um, in enjoy being the sixth man. This kid's starting. He's that good. Even though I feel like I would love Dizzy as a six man. Like, love everything about that. Dizzy would be, and that's what Dizzy, I'm sorry, I love Dizzy. I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but Dizzy should be the six man. Like, it's nothing against Dizzy. No. He's a perfect six man to come in, hit some shots, hit some big, big shots for you off the bench and, and be that guy. That's Dizzy's perfect role for, for college. Sure. Like, and that's not a knock. Like, that is such a huge role. It's exactly where I would love to have. If he's your sixth man, you have a good roster. Oh, yeah. If he's your seventh man, you've got a really good roster. Um, but I, him as a sixth man for Oklahoma State would be would be huge. Uh, it's one to keep an eye on. Really follow him close. As far as that other scholarship, there's an Idaho transfer, and I'm going to have to go look it up because I don't remember his name at the top of the point, um, that Oklahoma State's looking at. Oklahoma State needs to add another big man. Um, they've whiffed so far on the guys they've gone after. They are going to use both of these scholarships, and they may be one and done guys for next season. And and we maybe have another that twenty twenty recruiting class, maybe another seven man class. But there's um, I I man, when there's this much smoke, there's something there. I don't know if Cunningham comes. Uh, there's also um, Wilson, who. Oklahoma State is talking to there are some there are some kids left out there that are 
everybody wants them and Oklahoma State's in the running. Um, so this is going to be a this recruiting season for basketball is just when you keep thinking it's over and awesome, it could keep getting even better. But let me put it this way. If Kate Cunningham commits to Oklahoma State, they'll have a top five class next year. Woo! 2019 I incoming like class that. will be a top five recruiting class. Love everything about that. So Every single thing about that. I'm not going to sit here and be like, he's coming. I think he's coming. It's awesome. He's coming. I'm not a... Um, <clears throat> Go post writer who jumps on the bandwagon every time other smarter people than me say someone's coming to Oklahoma State, just so I also seem to sound smart. But I, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't know anything, but it's certainly something to pique your interest, stay optimistic about, and keep an eye on. Okay. Well, you know, that it's definitely intriguing. I remember that news dropped the other day that Oklahoma State was in the top 10. But I, I don't follow recruiting that closely. I Obviously, I keep pay attention to it, but because – to me because it's such an inexact science and you're trying to uh, predict the decisions of an 18 year old. And I know how freaking impossible that is. Um, I, I just kind of wait until they actually commit and then I get excited because for me, just trying to follow recruiting, it's just, I just can't do it. Like some of you guys do and credit to y'all that actually can. I just can't do it. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. Weirdly. It's, it's a weird like evil kind of hate yourself fun. <laughs> like being an Oklahoma because State fan? That was just that was just rude. <laughs> we, we were doing so well. I mean, we've insulted so many people already. <laughs> I, um, I couldn't I couldn't help myself. It was it was a softball just right there. Low hanging fruit. It was, lo- it was low hanging fruit, but I couldn't help myself. It was not a shall pitch. Let's no, put it that way. No, no, no. Uh, so my final thought, uh, I'm going to go and kind of plug my other site real quick. I know it's shameless. I'm sorry, but, uh, over at Royals farm report, like I mentioned on the last episode, we did a, a draft ebook, uh, to come up for the major league baseball draft. We did, uh, 80 profiles on the top 80, uh, draftable prospects. And then our mid season Royals top 75, a uh, little scouting report on the top 10. And we put this thing out there for $3 and we had no idea, really how many we're going to sell. We got some promotion from some radio guys in Kansas City and all that kind of stuff, but we had no concept of what it was actually going to be. We just put it out there and hope for the best, and we've sold nearly a 100 of them. So to any of the listeners over here at Cowboys Drive Free that bought one, if you did, from the bottom of my heart, I really can't thank you enough for the support. It's been awesome. We've been getting a ton of traction around the Kansas City area and around Royals, the fan base over the last week or so since the book dropped. And it's been really, really cool. And we're hoping uh, to see a few more bought uh, before the Major League Baseball first-year player draft on Monday. So if you haven't bought one and you're a Royals fan, check it out. Or if you're just a baseball fan in general, it's a great opportunity to kind of read up on the future of the game. But like I said, thank you so much to everyone that has bought one. It's been really, really fun to see across social media people intrigued and interested in stuff I wrote about baseball. So it's been it's been pretty awesome. So thank you very much. You do good work, man. Like I'll, I'll say that. Like I'm not a baseball guy, but I've checked out some of the stuff, and and you do good work. So I'm I'm excited that things are going well over there. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, like I said, we we thought we may sell like 15 or 20. We had no idea, and now we're north of 90. So we're hoping to get to 100 by the Major League Baseball draft, and that would be just that would be incredible. And we that's an overwhelming success for our site, and we're still pretty small and trying to grow. So this has been a great opportunity for us, and it's been a lot of fun. 
but I think that that wraps this one up, Phillips. This has been, again, another packed episode, but man, well worth it. And uh, we're not having to reach, like I said, we're not having to reach for too much in the spring right now. It has been a lot of fun to follow Oklahoma State sports the last few weeks. It's not done yet, man. And it, we're not, we're not yet. done yet. That is for sure. All right. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter, Philip? Uh, you can follow me at OKTXARPoke. Um, I'm finally over 900 followers. I'm very proud of that. I know it's a silly thing to be proud of, but, you know, it's such as life and it's the small joys. So do me a favor, go give me a follow. If I can get to 1,000 by the end of the year, that would be like my wife will just look at me like deadpan, but I'll be excited. You can follow me at JT Penfield. I actually just hit the 1,000 mark, so that one's kind of cool. Um, Shut up. <laughs> hey, the fact that people that a thousand people follow me for my below average uh, sports tweets, um, I'll I'll take it. Like I said, follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF, and we'll be back as soon as we possibly can for another episode and hopefully some more good stuff about the Women's College World Series, Oklahoma State baseball, all of it. It's we it's an exciting uh, time to be a cowboy, and that's for damn sure. So we will see y'all in the next episode.